Bam 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 Welcome back, everyone, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Uh, or, in the, <laughs> or in the instance of our last book, if you listen to it, our last full episode, um, to make your life a garbage dumpster fire of yeah, communication. Yeah. So I'm Misty Stinnett. I'm Lisa Linky. And every week, if you're new to the podcast, uh, we read a popular self-help book and we share with you the main points. We think critically about it. We're trying to bring you the highs, the lows, the goods, the bads, the, the ups, picks, the downs. The picks, the pans, the rants, the raves. You've heard it all before. If you're a longtime loyal listener, a We're real good at branding. Uh, but basically the point is you're busy. There's a lot of books out there. You have a life. We don't. You're we in the it. car. You're running errands. You're shopping with the kids. You're wine drunk, like sh- shopping sprees on Amazon. Well, you've got us on in the background. <laughs> you're taking naps. I'm you're good taking, for you. I'm good for you. The point is, you're going to get a good nugget, a bad nugget. You're going to be able to talk about the book with your friends and sound like a real well-read beehole. A gugget and a bugget. I'd reject. I unsubscribe <laughs> strongly. Anyway, the Too point bad. is this one's gotcha. If this you distribution if you love what gotcha. you're hearing, we encourage you to the read book. the book, support the author, dive in because so different things resonate for different people. And we can't cover everything in, yeah. in the podcast. And if you don't like it, you're welcome. You're Thank welcome. you. Next. Goodbye. Yes. Yes. So we're gonna dive right in. Mm-hmm. Lisa. Uh-huh. What do you have for us today? Oh, Misty. Oh, Misty. Well, you asked and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm already here for this. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you know that song on Mandy by Barry Manilow? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about a dog. Um, oh. I'm holding Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life. Wow. Misty, would you like to describe this book? It's actually really pretty. It's It's got this like a... the cr- 2004. Version I great. Believe. I read the yeah 2004 release. Great. It's got a creamy white background, and it's it's a close up of a. It looks like a watercolor mm-hmm. brushed, beautiful like watermelon pink heart. Heart. And it says Louise Hay at the top. You can heal your life. International bestseller. Over fifty million copies sold. Holy shit. Yeah. This is on when we look at like um, how to win friends and influence people and all the number one or like the of all time best selling books. Is this like the godmother of? She truly is. Wow. So Dale 50 Carnegie, million copies. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. It's an international bestseller. Um, and as we go through this, you'll start to hear how she has infused herself into many, many um, of the books that we've read. But she's sort of first. She's yes. first. Yes. Okay. So, I've never read this book. You're welcome. It was first released in 1984, and I read the 2004 release. Okay. Um, Kindle is $9.99, paperback $10.99, Audible $11.87, narrated by Louise Hay. Oh. And it's 272 pages. Did you listen to a sample? I sure didn't. Okay. I wonder what her voice sounds like. Okay. So I'm going to spend a little time talking about um, her up front, because so, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, okay. 
This is from Wiki about the book, You Can Heal Your Life. It's a 1984 self-help and new thought book. So new thought we know is... Something that hasn't been done before. <laughs> no. The, <laughs> the new thought is Marianne Williamson. It's new age. It's all of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by uh, Louise Hay. It was the second book by her after... So it's basically going against anything we've ever heard before, sort of... Science-based law of attraction kind of a thing? That's right. Okay. Um, So her first book was Heal Your Body, which she wrote at age 60. After she appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show and Donahue in the same week in March of 1988, the book appeared on the New York Times bestseller list. And by 2008, over 50 million copies have been sold worldwide in over 30 languages. So do you think her house is just like made of $100 bills? Like the whole thing? Yeah. Like yeah. instead of like instead of insulation yeah. in the winter, it's, it's just like stacks of. It's really hard hund- to insure those because it's a it's a fire hazard. Yeah. Um, the book was also instrumental in the success of her publishing company, Hay House. Okay. Which has um, Deepak Chopra has books from Hay House. Like it's a oh. huge publishing oh. house. Yeah. Oh. So today, due to the book, she is one of the best selling authors in history, and one of the largest selling women authors after J.K. Rowling, Danielle Steele, and Barbara Cartland. Wow. The theories described in this book have been criticized as groundless by proponents of evidence-based medicine, (laughs) and specific passages within her book appear to violate established medical fact. You say that really casually for me knowing your true, the true strength of your perspective on this. Here's why, because I'm going to tell you a little bit about her as as the author. By the way, I don't want to like rock the boat because you seem in a calm, protected place. Rock it. I'm going to let you live there. Okay. For now. Okay. Um, born Helen Vera Lunny in Los Angeles in 1926, she recounted her life story in an interview with Mark Oppenheimer of the New York Times in May 2008. In that interview, she stated that she was born in L.A. to a poor mother who remarried her violent stepfather who physically abused her and her mother. Mm. According to Hay, when she was about five, she was raped by a neighbor. At 15, she dropped out of high school without a diploma, became pregnant, and on her 16th birthday, gave up her newborn baby girl for adoption. Oh my God. She then moved to Chicago, where she worked in low-paying jobs, and in 1950, she moved on again to New York. At this point, she changed her name and became a career as a fashion model. She achieved success working for several big names in fashion. In 1954, she married the English businessman Andrew Hay, and after 14 years of marriage, she felt devastated when he left her for another woman. She said about that time, she found the first Church of Religious Science on 48th Street, which taught her the transformative power of thought. She revealed that here she studied the new thought works of authors who claimed that positive thinking could change people's material circumstances and the religious science founder, Ernest Holmes, who taught that positive thinking can heal the body. And I said, this is the science of mind, like we talked about with Ron Swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on a mini-sode, mm-hmm. a few mini-sodes ago. And he talked about his experience growing up in that religion, which is is the what the secret is based off of. Is so that she found this uh, she And she became, um, it says by by her account in the early 1970s, she became a religious science practitioner. So she was wow. steeped in science of mind. Wow. Mm-hmm. In this role, she led people in spoken affirmations, which she believes would cure their illnesses and became popular as a workshop leader. She described how in 1977 or 78, she was diagnosed with, quote, incurable, incurable cervical cancer, and how she came to the conclusion that by holding on to her resentment from her childhood abuse and rape, she had contributed to its onset. She reported, well, uh, how, mm-hmm, she reported how she had refused conventional medical treatment and began a regime of forgiveness coupled with therapy, nutrition, 
reflexology, and occasional colonic enemas. Okay. She claimed that in the interview, she rid herself of the cancer by this method, but while swearing to its truth, admitted that she had outlived every doctor who could confirm this story. So that's a little bit about her and this approach. So just so that you know, I mean, I'd heard about this book for forever. I'd heard about Louise Hay Affirmation. I'd heard about, you know, that like if parts of your body hurt, that Louise would say, like, if your back hurts, it's from a lack of support and things like that. And I was like, okay. But now having been steeped in what we've been doing for so long, yeah. it makes perfect sense that she was uh, studying with new thought leaders and became a science of mind practitioner. Okay. Okay. So this book is organized into four parts and an appendix. Part one, an introduction with her philosophy and beliefs. Part two, it's called A Session with Louise, where she helps you diagnose the problem, change, and transformation. Part three, putting these ideas to work. Okay. Uh, she talks about how this process plays out in different areas of our life, like work, relationships, et cetera. And part four is the conclusion where she tells her story. So is this is this about like psychological problems that you can heal and bodily like bodily pains or is it mostly yeah. about the body no and i would say that she would say they're intertwined okay so it's like uh, we'll get to it okay yeah okay so within each part are individual chapters and each chapter opens with an affirmation and you're supposed to keep saying it and writing it for the two or three days that you're working on that chapter okay each chapter closes with what she calls a treatment which is just kind of like a free verse poem and she wants you to read that several times a day okay that being said this book, and I texted you and talked to you about this, mm -hmm. is so horribly constructed that I had a terrible time understanding what the fuck was going on, what I was reading, what section I was in, what was happening, where we were in the process. Oh, my God. And this has had like four reprints. And no one's judged it. No. And so her first her first Heal Your Body started off as a pamphlet and then turned into a book. And now You Can Heal Your Life, I feel like, was just an explosion, expansion of that mm -hmm. um, without a lot of thought. Wow. Um, and so for those Louise Hay fans, I apologize, but I am not I'm not an idiot. I have three degrees <laughs> and I could not keep track of where we were in this mm -hmm, process for mm -hmm. her. Each chapter is basically just like a bold statement and a paragraph beneath it. Okay. Repeated fifteen to twenty times. Oh, okay. It sounds like Eckhart Tolle. Kind of, except she doesn't talk like he does. She's very straightforward in that. But but he'll sort of be it's like, like she had the ego like is your enemy and then talk about cards. it for 40 pages. Well, she only talks about it for a paragraph. Okay. It's like she had index cards uh -huh. and turned them into a book. Okay. So that kind of loose organization. It's confusing. It's very confusing. Really confusing. It's really not a process here. Mm -hmm. There is a process, but it's not. Uh, and to be fair, she does say read the book once, then go back and read it slowly and work at everything really, really Maybe slowly. Maybe she should have found a publisher who could come in and heal her book. Well, she is the publisher. Um, okay. Part one. I'm going to read you some points about her philosophy, and this really shows you how deep she is in the science of mind. And this is on page XIII, or 13. <laughs> some points of my philosophy. <laughs> Hold on. Lisa just took the most gorgeous prep breath. We are each responsible for all of our experiences. Every thought we think is creating our future. The point of power is always in the present moment. Everyone suffers from self-hatred and guilt. The bottom line for everyone is, I'm not good enough. It's only a thought, and a thought can be changed. Up to now, I'm like, okay. Okay. We create every so-called illness in our body. Mm -hmm. 
Resentment, criticism, and guilt are the most damaging patterns. Releasing resentment will dissolve even cancer. We must release the past and forgive everyone. We must be willing to begin to learn to love ourselves. Self-approval and self-acceptance in the now are keys to positive changes. When we really love ourselves, everything in our life works. Misty's eyes are squinting at me. So uh, I, I have to say, I was so grateful for Ron coming on and for mm-hmm. having read The Secret because now I like I understand where The Secret comes from, mm-hmm. right? And now reading this, I'm like, oh, you were there at the beginning of The Science of Mind. Uh-huh. And so now I understand where your, where your point of view is, your hermeneutical lens, Louise Hay. Can dissolve even cancer. Yeah, and also that like we're responsible for everything, but it comes from a white privileged viewpoint that in the 70s, we didn't even talk about privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Jim Crow laws had just been outlawed decades. The civil rights movement uh, was just ending and and we didn't pass the Civil Rights Act. Yep. So, like, taking it into context, it's like, well, of course you think these things. And also, of course, you're fucking ignorant about systemic racism and oppression. Well, and it's victim blaming. Mm -hmm. That's That's the thing. Anytime anybody goes, law of attraction, I'm like, the law of blaming victims. Exactly. Thank you. Um, Okay, so... Um, Yeah, you seem so much more calm reading this. Well, because so far, having talked to Ron really helped. Good. You know what I mean? Because I was like, okay, this science of mind, this new age, all of that. And like having seen Marianne Williamson in the debates. And when I read that Twitter thread by that person who had gotten out of Of the the new New age Age movement, yeah. I was like, okay, I see where this stuff comes from. And I can see how some people could read this. And if they're very comfortable in like their own religion Mm -hmm. or things like that, they would say, well, I'm just going to take what works for me. Totally. And if you are, again, here's here, I'll mind the nugget. Yeah. Mind that nugget, girl. If you do enjoy privilege from your socioeconomic status, your skin your color, race, your, your gender, gender, your sexual orientation, whatever, if you do enjoy privilege, some of this is going to apply. Yeah, and it's you, exciting. Like Ron we, said, it's yeah, exciting. Remember, we had a listener write in after the big leap by Gay Hendricks, that episode, who said, hey, listen, because we skewered the big leap. We did. And she said— the big leap actually really helped me, mm-hmm. but I acknowledge my privilege. Yes. And so it's it's all from finding the tools that meet you where you are, right? Yeah. So it's like, I almost said where you're at, but it's where you are, right? Well, Grammatically. But at where are you? Uh, but at, at where you are. But and at so, where are you? That's right. This is a comedy self-help grammar podcast. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, because now we've had the ability to dissect mm-hmm. and figure out where this stuff comes from and acknowledge that it's just not intersectional in the slightest. Yep. When I see it and I, and I see from her, oh, she wrote this in 1970s and 80s. Yeah. And, it, you know, her it was her being a woman author mm-hmm. was was groundbreaking. Yep. It didn't occur to her that she had privilege that didn't apply to other people. A hundred percent. You know yeah, what I mean? So so my point is if if you were in a similar position that Louise Hay was in, maybe some of this stuff will apply to you. Dissolving cancer, you let me know. What I don't tolerate mm-hmm. is that it's been re uh reissued and republished three times. Yeah. And they haven't adjusted some things that I'll that I'll talk okay. about. Okay, I'm gonna read for you. And um, also what I don't tolerate uh-huh. is assuming it's fact. Thank you. Assuming it works. I'm going to read a few gems from the first chapter Thanks, called Elise. What I Believe. And the just so you know, the 
affirmation at the top of this chapter is the gateways to wisdom and knowledge are always open. Okay. And I, I like that. Here we go. It's right called on the page internet. Four, I believe that we choose our parents. Okay. So see how it's bolded and there's just paragraphs. So it's just Lisa has uh, chosen a red pen mm-hmm. for her notes I on this to. book. So you can see why I'm just, it's just paragraph, bold statement, paragraph, bold statement, it's paragraph. Re- yeah, it's really small. Uh, she says, each one of us decides to incarnate upon this planet at a particular point in time and space. We have chosen to come here to learn a particular lesson that will advance us upon our spiritual evolutionary pathway. We choose our sex, our color, our country, and then we look around for the particular set of parents who will mirror the pattern that we are bringing into work to bringing in to work on in this lifetime. Misty's eyes are very wide. No. Yeah. My answer is no. My answer is no. I don't think that any baby in Syria really wanted that right now. So she does, she's kind of like Stasi. Stasi Schroeder, Schroeder from uh, Vanderpump ba- Rules and Next Level Basic. Yeah. And that she says something that you're like, yes. And then she says something that you're like, no. Yeah. Even that opening sort of free poem thing, I was like, yes. Oh, God. Oh, right? yes. Because she's like, I don't blame our parents for this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, we grew up, we have a tendency to recreate the emotional environment of our early home life. I would not blame our parents for this. We chose our parents. We chose this. We chose this. And it's like, Okay, but okay. So if mm-hmm. your parent mm-hmm. does something horrifying to you, mm-hmm. so they didn't choose to do that, you cho- like it was a mutual decision. Like what? No, it mm-hmm. literally doesn't hold up to one glance with logic. Well, Misty. Okay. Um, on page six, <laughs> Lisa just gave me the most snarky, condescending look. I need you to know that she finds that resentment, criticism, guilt, and fear cause more problems than anything else. This is like, this is incredible gaslighting Mm -hmm. because she goes, no, you chose this. And if you get upset about it, that's exactly the problem. These four things cause the major problems in our bodies and our lives. These feelings come from blaming others and not taking responsibility for our own experiences. You see, if we are all responsible for everything in our lives, then there is no one to blame. Whatever is happening, quote, out there is only a mirror of our own inner thinking. I am not condoning other people's poor behavior, but it is our beliefs that attract people who will treat us that way. If you Mm. find yourself saying, quote, everyone always does such and such to me, criticizes me, is never there for me, uses me like a doormat, abuses me, end quote, then this is, all caps, your pattern. There is some thought in you that attracts the people who exhibit this behavior. When you no longer think that way, they will go elsewhere and do that to somebody else. You will no longer attract them. Oh, so they'll do that to someone else. Contradiction. (sighs) Continuing. Following are some results of patterns that manifest on the physical level. Resentment that is long held can eat away at the body and become the dis-ease we call cancer. Criticism is a permanent habit that can often lead to arthritis in the body. Guilt always looks for punishment and punishment creates pain. When a client comes to me with a lot of pain, I know they are holding a lot of guilt. Fear and the tension it produces can create things like baldness, ulcers mm-hmm. and even sore feet what i what i have found that forgiving and releasing resentment will dissolve even cancer while this may sound simplistic i have seen and experienced it working oh and it must be so, true yeah that's uh and then on page eight she says all dis-ease and she puts a high hyphen in between mm-hmm. it comes from a state of unforgiveness okay um, wherever we are ill oh. we need to search our hearts to see who it is we need to forgive 
I would add that to the concept uh, that the very person you find it hardest to forgive is the one you need to let go of the most, all caps. We do not have to know how to forgive. All we need to know is to be willing to forgive and the universe will take care of the house. No. I find that when we really love and accept and approve of ourselves exactly as we are, then everything in life works. It's as if little miracles are everywhere. Our health improves. We attract more money. Our relationships become much more fulfilling. And we begin to express ourselves in creatively fulfilling ways. All this seems to happen without our even trying. Loving and approving of yourself, creating a, sa- a space of safety, trusting and deserving and accepting will create your will create organization in your life and your mind, create more loving relationships, attract a new job and a new and better place to live, and even enable your body weight to normalize. People who love themselves and their bodies neither abuse themselves nor others. So, and now I'm going to read the treatment so you get a sense I of what I don't know this how is. to make this funny. It's I'm hard. trying to sit here and like crack jokes and I don't know how to make it because well, like, you know, she says, remember, you've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. And I'm like, that's that great. That feels great. So here's here's an example of what the treatment might be. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole and complete. I believe in a power far greater than I am that flows through me every moment of every day. I open myself to the wisdom within, knowing that there is only one intelligence in this universe. Out of this one intelligence comes all the answers, all the solutions, all the healings, all the new creations. I trust this power and intelligence, knowing that whatever I need to know is revealed to me and that whatever I need comes to me in the right time, space, and sequence. All is well in my world. That's way too long of an affirmation. That's not an affirmation. That's a treatment. Here, Oh, oh okay. Because uh, one that I would like is you look yourself in the mirror and you go, I'm 100% that bitch. Oh, I do that every day. Do you? You seem like you do that every day. Also, so the last book we covered was text so good he can't ignore sassy texting secrets. And you mentioned that you felt like all of the energy drained out of your body while I was presenting that book. Are you feeling that now? I feel exhausted. Yeah. I feel dead inside. Yeah. Does anyone else listening feel dead inside? Yeah. You with me? Or maybe you feel inspired. I think that's great. Great. I don't, but okay, great. Okay, so now we're on to part two, chapter two. What yeah. is the problem? What is it? Um, basically, she says, loving yourself is the real work no matter what the problem is. I'm going to yes. read you from page 18. Okay. If we deny our good in any way, it's an act of not loving ourselves. Okay. I have written the word no here because she goes on. I remember a client I worked with who wore glasses. One day we released an old fear from childhood. The next day she awakened to find her contact lenses were bothering her too much to wear. No. She looked around and found her eyesight was perfectly clear. No. Yet she spent the whole day saying, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. The next day she was back to wearing contacts. No. Our subconscious mind has no sense of humor. She couldn't believe she had created perfect eyesight. Lack of self-worth is another expression of not loving ourselves. I just spent hundreds of dollars on new glasses from Warby Parker. So I must hate myself. Well, that's the thing. So remember in The Secret when they're like, oh, yeah. they say about Man, this. Yeah. And wasn't that your homework? Just quoting I, other people. I gave you homework. I was like, hey, I want you to manifest perfect vision, I think so is what I asked you to do. Here, here's what's problematic is that this is just all anecdotal <laughs> bullshit. Yep. I have a friend. His name is EJ Scott. He's doing amazing things. He has, a, I think I'm going to say it right, a 
cryodermia, chirodermia. It's a disease that his um, brother has and his nephews has. It's it's uh, genetically and it's in males, and he's going blind. Um, and he's been fundraising money. He sells um, his comics and like auctions them off. And he does like um, he did like marathon binge session watch. So, like you could uh, uh, donate for him to watch your uh, show that you wanted. He lost weight for charity. You do sponsored him per pound. He's run marathons. He ran a marathon every month for a year. Oh he my god! He ran marathons god. across the continent. Yeah, he's he sounds incredible. He is because the cure is possible. It's just that this is a very small disease in terms of the number of people it impacts. So there's not a lot of research money right, for it. Right, right, right. But they're making great strides. So he's like, I know that with money and funding, we can we can cure this. And he's like, I'm definitely going to lose my eyesight, but maybe my nephews won't have to. Oh my god! So when I hear shit like this, yeah. it is so it just discounts people who have a hereditary disease. It discounts actual science. It does. And anytime anybody goes, no, it works, I saw it once. I say, well, I... I I go, cool, show it to us. It's like, you can't go... I don't care if you saw it once. No. I once swore that I heard the Easter Bunny. Yeah. I was four. You probably did, Lisa. Right? Okay. So this is... so. Uh, by the way, I took my glasses off to see if I can manifest perfect vision by the time this um, book is over. Everyone... Stand by. Great. Um, yeah. So I just feel like also when I try to put in the context of when this book was written, that mm-hmm. was like really different and cool. And yeah. so it was sensational. I I hear you. And also it's bullshit because oh, yeah. you know there were people back then who were like, I'm handicapped and this is horrifying. We just didn't have platforms or critical thinking and mass like also, this. I wonder. I ne- I don't think. I don't know if the first book was published by Hay House, but it makes sense if it were. God. Yeah. Okay. Um, She basically talks in this chapter about how babies were perfect and just needed love, and we all were like that. Um, We all were like that, and then we began to listen to adults who would learn to be fearful, and that's how we— go away from loving ourselves. Agreed. Um, then she gets into how people are fat because they don't love themselves, and bad breath was just bad inner thoughts with a client. Wait. She had bad inner thoughts, and it was— uh, so it manifests itself as bad breath. That's right. Oh, then I know, I know some people who fucking hate them. Well, basically, she didn't have halitosis. She had negative thought patterns, and when she changed her thought patterns, her bad breath went away. One of the thought patterns you can maybe change is like, oh, I should get that dentist appointment on the books. Thank you. Yeah. Chapter three. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? Um, this is your brain. A thank you. The universe um, and the affirmation here is the past has no power over me. This is. Oh wait, wait, wait. It's just, um, mm-hmm. what's, what is her name from the labyrinth? Oh, I don't, Jennifer Connelly? Thank you. I knew it was Connelly. Jennifer Connelly, you have no power over me. That's right. This is basically all about limiting beliefs, and I think where Gay Hendricks got his. So this kind of, okay, so this, this is also why I'm calm, because I was like, oh, I see We've been the origin before. story of all of these people's books. Well, it's upsetting because it's like misinformation, and then it's been spawned in like, yeah. You know, thousands of other format. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not doing a good job making this funny. Yeah, it's, it's not funny. Is everyone having a great time? Basically, she's like, if a thought or belief doesn't serve you, let it go. There's no written law that says because you once believed something, you have to continue to believe it forever. That's like the four agreements. Uh, yes. Um. So then she gives some limiting beliefs and where they came from, some examples. So then these are from clients, right? Um. I'm trying to say which one is good. You're doing so great. Okay, so I'm not good enough as a limiting belief. Here's yeah. where it came from. A father who repeatedly told him he was stupid. 
He said he wanted to be a success so his daddy would be proud of him, but he was riddled with guilt, which created resentment, and all he could produce was one failure after another. Daddy kept financing businesses for him. One after another, they failed. He used he used failure to get even. He made his daddy pay and pay and pay. Of course, he was the biggest loser. That's her, that's that's all she says about that's that. That's not, what? Yeah, I know. No. Yep. Um, then it's talking about like seeing yourself as a, your child. Don't blame your family. We chose our parents, right? Um, yeah. Chapter four. I wish that we could teleport back in time and just like low-key Beyonce drop a self-help book with like no pre- – like we would be – this is the – this is like when Biff goes back and like bets yeah. on – Oh, yeah. He gets like the almanac. The dark timeline. Yeah. Um, chapter four. Is it true? Is it the affirmation I'm say no. here is false. Truth is the unchangeable part of me. Now, here's here's this opening chapter. I uh, hate vague shit like that. Truth is the abundance of love that I am light. Yes. Like what? That's not a sentence. The question, is it true or real, has two answers. Yes and no. <sighs> it is true <laughs> if you believe this. it to be true. It is not true if you believe it isn't true. The glass is both half full and half empty, depending on how you look at it. There are literally billions of thoughts we can choose to think. And I wrote, well, this is the 2016 election in a fucking nutshell. I can't. I know. I can't. um, I'm shutting my body and mind are shut. My eyes are closed. Lots of victim blaming here. You've created this moment with your past thoughts. If we want a joyous life, we have to think joyous thoughts. I did not create Trump. I did not do that. So basically, I thought Obama thought she has a list of like problems and beliefs. So if you have financial disaster, the belief is I am not worthy of having money. If you have no friends, your belief is nobody loves me. If your problem is always pleasing others, your belief is I never get my way. Whatever the problem is, it comes from a thought pattern and thought patterns can be changed. Yeah, they can. Um, They can. You can change them. Like, I'm not going to read books like this anymore. Yeah. That's a thought pattern. Whatever we send out mentally or verbally will come back to us in like form. So I'm like, what about the Las Vegas shooting? What about like, I just, these are all, yeah. Yep. Okay, great. So that's chapter four. Chapter five. She's not fucking around. What do we do now? I mean, well, there's so much here. Um, How many pages is this book? uh, 272. Okay. Longish. Yeah. Almost 300 pages. Chapter five, what do we do now? Okay, so... We put down the book. Thank you. We go uh, vent to a friend, and we say things to ourselves. We say affirmations to ourselves, like, life is hard sometimes. And I can survive. And that's okay. Yeah. And I'll survive it. Um, here's the affirmation for this chapter. I see my patterns, and I choose to make changes. So, like, that's I not like an that. offensive affirmation. I like it. So, here's just going to give you a sense of how out of... Out of out of time, this yeah, book still is. Right. To me, habitual anger is like sitting in a corner with a dunce cap on. Does this sound familiar? No. Something happens and you get angry. Something else happens and you get angry again. Something else happens and you get angry again. Something else happens and once again you get angry. But you never go beyond getting angry. What good does that do? It's a foolish reaction to waste your time only getting angry. It's also a refusal to perceive life in a new and different way. It would be much more helpful to ask yourself how you are creating so many situations to get angry at. That sounds like Gay Hendrix. It does. Also, it's an old paradigm that anger is not useful or helpful. Yeah, which, as we learned um, in part one of The Upside of Your Dark Side, anger is such a great 
information mechanism because it lets you know your boundaries have been crossed. Mm -hmm. I love anger. It Mm -hmm. gives me so much useful feedback. It's a normal human emotion. And this book feels like it's crossing my own personal boundaries. Um, Okay, so basically she's saying getting angry is sitting in a corner with a dunce cap cap going nowhere. That's that's great for chapter um, uh, five. Um, It's all about like deciding to change and being stuck in an old paradigm. Um, making the decision to be willing to change, say, I am willing to change in America. Can you actually get out your phone and look into the camera and look into yourself? I want you to do this exercise. Okay. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. So look at yourself mm-hmm. and say, I am willing to change. I am willing to change. Now, how do you feel? Skeptical. Are you hesitant or resistant? Yes. Ask yourself why. What old belief are you holding on to? Please don't scold yourself. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought these were rhetorical. No. Nope. Uh, why? Why am I feeling skeptical? Because change is hard. Great. What else? Is that it? I say yes. Chapter six: Resistance to change. It's like she knew we were going to feel this. Okay. Um. So this is the first chapter where I really recognized that I was having trouble. Yes. Because her first paragraph is awareness is the first step in healing or changing. But then I didn't understand what next steps were. It it, it never really, it just is a, it's a fucking shit show. Um, she talks about nonverbal clues. So she says there are nonverbal clues. Our actions often show our resistance. For instance, changing the subject, leaving the room, going to the bathroom, being late, getting sick. Nope. Procrastinating, looking away or out the window, flipping through a magazine, refusing to pay attention, eating, drinking, or smoking. Creating or ending a relationship, creating breakdowns, cars, appliances, plumbing, etc. Creating a car breakdown and getting sick is a nonverbal clue to see where you are um, uh, resisting and uh, need to still make mental changes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I don't. Can we? Mm-hmm. I want to be done with this book. Yep. 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 Um, On page 58, she says that we need to be willing to release the need. (sighs) Of what? What need? The need for you in this condition, whatever condition or problem you're having. Oh, you know what? I have found it to be a useful exercise to say, to look inward and go, What am I getting out of this narrative? That's a very different way of framing what she's about to say. Okay. One of the first affirmations to use is, I am willing to release the need for the resistance or the headache or the constipation or the excess weight or the lack of money or whatever. Say, I am willing to release the need for dot, dot, dot. If you are resisting at this point, then your other affirmations cannot work. The webs we create around ourselves need to be unwound. If you have ever untangled a ball of string, you know that yanking and pulling only makes it worse. You need to very gently and patiently unravel the knots. Be gentle and patient with yourself as you untangle your own mental knots. Get help if you need it. Above all, love yourself in the process. The willingness to let go of the old is key. That's the secret. Now, that second half is perfect. Yeah. but I don't disagree. But what if I'm constipated because I just had a dinner of cheese? Yeah, what if you haven't had enough fiber? That's not a, that's not bad thoughts. That's just that's science. That's food science. She's like self-worth opens many doors. And she basically talks about how she had a client who came to her at 79 oh. and was like got into um 
This, I'll just read it. She taught singing and several of her students were making television commercials. She wanted to do this too, but was afraid. I supported her totally and explained, there is nobody like you. Just be yourself. I said, do it for the fun of it. There are people out there looking for exactly what you have to offer. Let them know you exist. She called several agents and casting directors and said, I am a senior, senior citizen, and I want to do commercials. In a short time, she had a commercial, and since then, she's never stopped working. I often see her on TV and in magazines. New careers can start at any age, especially when you do it for the fun of it. I had a thought. (laughs) My thought is this. Yeah. You and I are not reacting well to this book. No. That means Louise Hay did not think the positive thoughts she needed to think so that every person reading this book would respond well to it. I think that's a great point. I think this is all her fault. Mm. She would say we don't blame others for our, our own experiences. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not blaming her. I'm I'm saying, oh, I'm having this reaction, period. It must mean that she didn't think the right thoughts. Okay. I love that. I love that. It take. is kind of blamey, it but still. Her. But still. Chapter seven, how to change. This logic just doesn't hold up under any microscope at all. Yeah. So here's like another what? problem that I have with the book. She yeah. uses these examples that are so simplistic in their setup, but they're just like not, they don't really hold water. Mm-hmm. So on page 67, she talks about how the brain will rebel at first like a child when you try to change. You know, it's hard. It's difficult. When you try to change a child's bedtime, they'll get mad at first. Yeah. yeah. But like all this is based off of brain science that is 30 years old at this point. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And also yeah. probably not even brain science, just her anecdotal bullshit. This is before the internet. Right? And we know that forming new neural pathways takes time and a lot yes. of brain energy and the brain resists it. Yeah. She says that you can control the mind and o- you only have control over your current thought. But then on page 68, she did say my favorite thing in a self-help book. Yes, it's this easy. That's what she wrote. Oh, you know, that that's makes your me mad. favorite. Um, so, yeah, on page 70, she makes this great example of how she makes an example work for her, right? She's like, you can let things go. We just have an emotional attachment to the past. You don't have an emotional attachment to what you wore in third grade, so it doesn't bother you and you don't think about it. That's different then. I'm just going to let my dad's death go. See what I'm saying? Yeah. She also talked to this one. She was like, when you start this new affirmation work, you're not going to see it right away and it's not going to look like what you want right away. But when you get a tomato seed and you look at it, it doesn't look like a tomato. Do you throw it out because it doesn't look like a tomato? When you plant it and it comes up with a green sprout, you don't throw it out because it doesn't look like a tomato. You have to water and nourish it. And I'm like, that is such a simplistic, shitty example. Yeah. Because like, you could apply that to anything. Well, also, what was the thing like six months ago where we learned that like you introduce one true statement? It's like a classic misdirecting technique. You introduce oh, yeah, from one, Aristotle's way. Yes, you introduce one statement mm-hmm. to front load credibility for a, like politicians use it all the so time. You don't have an emotional attachment to what you wore in third grade. Right. And that's so you true. can just let it go. So anything you have an emotional attachment to, just let go of the emotional yeah, attachment. Yeah, no, and it's a, it's a false it's like a yeah. false equivalency. Is that what he, something like that? But it's it's once we were able to see the matrix of that, it was like, oh, everyone can go fuck themselves because we see your gaslighting bullshit. We're almost done with part two, chapter oh. chapter eight, building the new. Is that all? Um, Basically, she's like, loving the self is the solution to everything. And this comes from such a privileged viewpoint. It doesn't take into consideration those bodies for which loving oneself is an act of rebellion to give with. To begin with, not to give with. Okay. Like societal and cultural impressive systems. So somebody mm. who's in a wheelchair, the act of loving themselves is an act of rebellion. 
Yes. Somebody who's yes. not white. It is an act of rebellion, right? Yeah. And this is also fat phobic, money, sex, relationship, health, like thin equals beauty. This is all steeped in here, right? Yeah. So, also, mm-hmm. as Lavia Jai so beautifully and eloquently pointed out, it not only if you're a person of color, if you're a person with dark pigment. Yeah. Right? Because like skin bleaching such a yeah. thing. And if like if you're like, oh, white no, is the ideal. I'm dark and I love it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So here are her um Basically, she's like, if you hate anything that you hate about yourself, you can turn it into a positive affirmation. So here are some of her positive affirmations. I am slender. I am prosperous. I am eternally young. I now move to a better place. I have a wonderful new relationship. I am my own person. I love my hair. I love my nose. I love my body. I am filled with love and affection. I am joyous and happy and free. I am totally healthy. But we're not eternally young. Mm -mm. But we're not. Mm. We're being so careful in this episode. We're being so well-behaved and polite and careful. And I I don't like this book. I don't like this book. She talks about affirmation. Here's something that's interesting. I do like that she says, always make your affirmation in the present tense as I am or I have instead of I will. It's like cafe gratitude. I am love and abundance. And they're like, would you like cheese on that? And you're like, no, this is vegan. So like when I'm talking, when I'm teaching and um, uh, an actor will say like, I can't do that. I'll say, can you rephrase that? Mm-hmm. Unless they like, I'm working, you know, like I'm trying to. And I'll say, can you rephrase that? And if I can just get them to say I'm working on something. Yeah. But I don't do that because I think that your thoughts create your reality. Mm-hmm. I do that because I know that the brain is a cognitive miser. Mm-hmm. And it really refuses to exert any energy, doesn't have to, in order to right. stay alive. Right. So the minute that I say I can't, it stops producing energy for it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's changing the universe for me. Yeah. I'm great with names because I don't allow myself to say I'm terrible at names. Mm-hmm. And that's not because I'm fucking putting out into the universe that I will suddenly remember names. I'm requiring my brain to show up for me. Yeah. And the minute that I give it permission to take a nap, yeah. it's gonna. Yeah. It's a cognitive miser. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a great way of looking at this it. This is the different side that I'm doing it with, right? Yeah. And then when I don't, when I when I fuck up a name, do I rake myself over the coals? Do I think that I had a bad thought about it? No, I'm an I'm an imperfect human. I'm working on it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, I do. So I I like saying it in the in the present tense. Um, and she's like, you know, no matter what the problem is, the main issue is working on the self. But I'm I'm like, listen, if you're a non-white, non-young. Non, you know, like yeah, mainstream yeah, person, yeah. loving yourself is an act of rebellion. It is. Okay. By the way, mm-hmm. vision hasn't gotten any better since I've been sitting here. Oh, I'm so still sorry trying. About still that. trying. You need to think better thoughts. Um, I am perfect vision. I'm just constant. Thank you. I'm just constantly uh, amazed at how shitty the layout and like formatting and at lack of editorial <laughs> effort. Uh, okay. So then the daily work is chapter nine. We're almost done with part two. So this is where she introduces and this, my best friend Sarah is telling me about how she was going to talk about this. Her computer is what she calls her magic lady. Okay. She finally got a computer Okay. in the 80s, and she had to learn how to use it. And she's like, the computer is my magic lady. And it's okay. just like learning the spiritual laws of the okay. universe. If you don't do it just right, it won't work, and it's all your fault. Okay. She's like, if I don't do the computer the way the computer laws work, it doesn't work, and it's my fault. It's never the computer's fault. Have you ever had a crash? Have you ever had a beta test? Um. And then she gives her daily routine, and it is straight out of, like, 1980s Woman's Day. It's like, I awake and lie in bed and give 
15 minutes of gratitude. Oh I do some light stretching and yoga. <laughs> and then I do meditation for a full 30 minutes. Then I have breakfast with some light juices. I give Meanwhile, my kids starve and my it's husband. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> um, wow. And then this book could stand an update because she does talk about how she couldn't get credit as a woman to buy a car. Wow. But her affirmations helped her do it. Not that she was white or had wealthy friends who worked for a bank. Oh, my God. Um, and she also promises that you'll look younger. She says she looks 10 years younger than she did 10 years ago in 1984. Okay. How does she know? Because we're not objective. We're not objective when it comes to ourselves. Louise, hi. Part three, putting these ideas to work. We're, we're nearing the end. Um, <clears throat> chapter 10 is relationships. Chapter 11 is work. Chapter 12 is success. Chapter 13 is prosperity. For all these chapters, the shit just comes out of nowhere. It's very victim blaming. And she does say like, while we may not choose to do so, we are all capable of being a Hitler or a Mother Teresa. What? What? Yep. Um, and also the belief that like save for a rainy <laughs> day. Gloss over that. Yeah. She also has a belief that like save for a rainy day cannot be held with the affirmation, I deserve the best and accept the best now. So she's saying don't save. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna Dave, do you think Dave Ramsey is rolling over in his office chair? Oh, he wouldn't. Because he's listen. alive and well. He wouldn't listen to her at all. You're what about your six month emergency fund, y'all? She says does un- undeserving. Even if we do not if we do not accept the idea that we deserve to prosper, then even when abundance falls in our laps, we will refuse it somehow. Look at this example. A student in one of my classes was working to increase his prosperity. He came into class one night so excited for he had just won $500. He kept saying, I don't believe it. I never win anything. We knew it was a reflection of his change in consciousness. He still felt he did not really believe it. Next week, he could not come to class as he had broken his leg. The doctor bills came to $500. He had been frightened to move forward in a new prosperous direction, and he felt undeserving, so he punished himself in this way. Oh. Uh, so then we move. Yeah. Then we move to the body. And this is where we're getting into what she first wrote. Oh, Heal God, your body. I'm about to get real triggered. You really are. She believes that we create every so called illness in the body, and that every cell in your body equates to every thought you think and every word you speak. So here we go. Chapter 124. I'm just going to start reading to give you a sense, okay? And also, this shit is so on the nose. It's so stupid. It makes me crazy because it doesn't translate into a language. The head represents us. It is what we show the world. It's how we are usually recognized. When something is wrong in the head area, it usually means we feel something is wrong with us. The hair represents strength. When we are tense and afraid, we often create those bands of steel that originate in the shoulder muscles and come up over the top of the head. What about a bald person? Female baldness has been on the increase ever since women have begun entering the, quote, business world with all of its tensions and frustrations. We are not aware of baldness in women because women's wigs are so natural and attractive. Are they? Unfortunately, most men's toupees are still discernible at quite a distance. Okay, that's bullshit because they're made by the same wig makers. Mm -hmm. The ears represent the capacity to hear. An earache would indicate that there's anger about what is heard. Uh, Earaches are common with children. They often have to listen to stuff going on in the household they really don't want to hear. Deafness represents long-standing refusal to listen to someone. What? Notice that when one partner has a hearing impairment, the other partner often talks and talks and talks. The eyes represent the capacity to see. Whenever I see small children wearing glasses, I know there is stuff going on in their household they do not want to look at. What? I, what? 
Headaches come in from invalidating the self. The next time you get a headache, stop and ask yourself where and how you've just made yourself wrong. How did I make myself Thank wrong? Thank you. Forgive yourself. Let it go. And the headache will just dissolve back into the nothingness from where it came. Goodbye. And if you have migraines... She says it's because you have put too much pressure on yourself and you should masturbate. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, I'm just going to pick a couple more because they're so on the nose. The throat represents our ability to speak up for ourselves, ask for what we want, and say, I am. Sore throats Uh, are always anger. Laryngitis usually means you're so angry you cannot speak. Oh, go fuck yourself, Louise Hay. Mm -hmm. Notice when you cough or when someone else coughs. What has just been said? What are we reacting to? She said, I said, um... Have that person touch the throat and say, I am willing to change or I am changing. I was like, have you ever taught a workshop in Chicago in winter? <laughs> the arms represent our ability to, and capacity to embrace the experiences of life. The hands grasp, hands hold, hands clench. Sometimes we hold on too long. We are handy, tight-fisted, open-handed, penny pinchers, butterfingers. Those words don't exist in other languages. Also— And they don't relate to hands. What does the butt relate to? Well, let me see. Fingers— Oh, the fingers have meaning. Let's talk about butt The thumb is mental and represents worry. The The thumb? The middle finger has to do with sex and anger. Oh. The back represents our support system. Okay. Breasts represent the mothering principle. If cancer is involved, there's also deep resentment. The heart represents love. No. When we we deny ourselves joy and love, we create anemia, angina, and heart attacks. Oh, my God. Heart attack people are never joyous people. What I know, no. The genitals represents oh. the most feminine part of a woman and her femininity, or the most masculine part of a man, his masculinity, or masculine principle, or feminine principle. <sighs> bladder, bladder problems, anal problems, vaginitis, and prostate and penis problems all come under the same area. They stem from disordered beliefs about our bodies and the correctness of their functions. The anus is as beautiful as the ear. I'm going to, let's let that sink in. The anus is as beautiful as the ear. Without our anus, we would have no way to release what the body no longer needs, and we would die very quickly. Every part of our body and every function of our body is perfect and normal and natural and beautiful. I would argue that the ear is more attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, you don't get to wear earrings on your. That was butt. Your, you right? know, that was butt. There's something in here. Oh, it is my belief that venereal dis ease is almost always sexual guilt. <gasps> It comes from a feeling, oh. often subconscious, that it is not right to express ourselves sexually. Let's be done with this book. A carrier Let's with venereal disease can have many partners, but only those whose mental and physical immune systems are weak will be susceptible to it. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that's it. And then comes chapter 15, The List. Now, this is a list of a, oh. a symptom or a problem, um, the probable cause, and a new thought pattern. So, Misty, tell me something that you suffer from. Anything from abdominal cramps to AIDS to— Is there just general fatigue? Yeah, I'm going to look up fatigue here for you. Fatigue. Back problems, baldness, bed Yeah, I got some lower back problems, too. Bowels, fatigue. I got it all, baby. Dementia. I don't have that. Any of these, you'd be amazed, guys, to see. Wow, this is a really comprehensive list. Fatigue. Resistance and boredom, lack of love for what one does. Here is your new thought pattern. I am enthusiastic about life and filled with energy and enthusiasm. I am enthusiastic about life and filled with energy and enthusiasm for ending this book as quickly as possible. Uh, Sav, what's what? Or, uh, what's something uh, a problem in in your family? What's a problem that somebody has had? Um, when I was younger, I had really bad eczema. <gasps> okay, here we Sav, go. Sav said eczema when he was younger. You must <laughs> have found you. a new Thank thought you. pattern. <laughs> Just in case, uh, l- 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 can't hear him. Eczema. 
Mm-hmm. Breathtaking antagonism, mental eruptions. That's the cause. What? Mm-hmm. Here what you does go. that mean? I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that your antagonism is so bad it takes away your breath. Here's your new, um, uh, what's it called? Affirmation. Affirmation. Harmony and peace, love and joy surround me and indwell me. I am safe and secure. Okay. So you must have started doing that, Sav. Um, so here's one like um, uh, cold sores. Okay, which is a virus. Festering angry words and fear of expressing them. Okay. I only create peaceful experiences because I love myself. All is well. Okay. Colic. Okay. Babies have colic. Mental irritation, impatience, annoyance in the surrounding. Got it. This child responds only to love and to loving thoughts. All is peaceful. Got it. Oh, you said but. Here's a colon. Fear of letting go and holding on to the past. I easily release that which I no longer need. The past (laughs) is over and I am free. Miralax. Cerebral palsy? That's their new... Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's every disease in here. Got it. I Let's not... Let's... Let's... Don't say we did. She also... Um, she did come under some critique for her treatment of AIDS patients and saying that, like... Again, they brought it on themselves. No. Yeah. She she led like a lot of AIDS groups in San Francisco. Oh well, anyway. So that's the list. You can check it out. Jeez. And then um, Jeez, Louise. Uh, then there's new thought <laughs> patterns for different parts of the body. I'll just read a couple on page two eleven. We're almost there. Oh my God. Um, so like the mouth. For mouth. I am a decisive person. I follow through. I welcome new ideas and new concepts. So like if you just have problems like um Pelvis, right? Genitals, liver, heart, right? All of these things. Eyes. I am free. I look ahead freely because life is eternal and filled with joy. Wait. I see with loving eyes. No one can ever hurt me. I see with loving eyes and my vision is still 2050. Thank you. Or whatever. Um, And then the conclusion, she tells her story, right? And then really in detail her story. And then she says that men who beat her were her fault because she unconsciously believed she deserved the abuse. No, then there's no, an afterward it's not. I just want to hold her and be like, that's wrong. She's just wrong. So, yeah. Her resources, she provides a lot of like national resources, like hotlines and, and things oh, like that. Oh, resources, not research. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Okay. No. Lisa. And that's, you can heal your leaf. Wow, thank you. Never again. Uh, my God, I hated every moment of that. <laughs> I really you. succumbed, but I have to say, understanding now where the secret came from made. I was like, oh, okay. okay. Well, it also understanding sort of like this the base from which all of this stems is like, oh, oh, that's what the like. Yes. Oh, it's and the same shit over and over. Having Ron come in and talk about being in the science of mind, yeah, on the inside of it, and like. Being a loving practitioner and then choosing to leave really gave me a whole different viewpoint about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Lisa, did this book need to be written? Yes. I think in the 80s, this new thought of uh, of having like an individual control over your mm-hmm. body versus being uh, solely at the discretion yeah. of a doctor yeah. was very radical at the time. Okay. So, and and especially for women, I think that is a very radical um, 70s and 80s. I I, I think that was a very new way of thinking. That uh, that sounds like it also answers the question, like, what did this author get right? Um, And and what's interesting, right, is is if we're going to pull anything really useful out of this, or at least from my perspective, it's do take responsibility for what you can take responsibility for. There's power in going like I'm not I'm 
not a victim of the world in a complete helpless sense. But this takes it too far. Yeah. Takes well, it way too far. It's like, you know, Jill Bolte Taylor talks about how she talks to the cells of her body, right? Yes. But right. she also doesn't say, you know, um, she also doesn't acknowledge that she doesn't need to eat because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. So I, I think that there's a, a pendulum, and this is on the way far side of. A hundred percent. And you've got to cherry pick. Like there are situations where you're like, okay, I'm going to control what's in my control. But like you being a kid whose parents abuse you is not your fault. But look, if you're steeped in new age, this is probably like your your Bible. Yeah. What did the author get wrong? I I cannot abide victim Mm -hmm. blaming and I cannot abide that you – uh, create your circumstances solely based on thought. Because as we've said time and time again, I'll say it again, yeah. it does not, it's not uh, an account intersectional for book. systemic oppression, cultural oppression, societal oppression, yes. um, or or the wage gap, the education gap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, racism, sexism, ableism. Uh, uh, it, all the isms. All the isms. Yeah. It doesn't account for that. Um so that's what makes it hard, and it's still victim blame. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's it, it. It discounts itself for that. Who's this book perfect for? This book is perfect for somebody who wants to combine traditional me- medicine with something a little more new age. I think if they're like undergoing chemotherapy and they also want to have affirmations, I think that this is a great place to start. But is this book anti modern medicine? She doesn't say that. Um, you know, and she says she she's talks about a lot of different modalities in there. You know, she doesn't like say do this instead of seeing she your doesn't. Doctor. But there, I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to infer that I have fucked it up myself by having bad thoughts, uh-huh. and I can just. She says herself, she creates. She it she sort of implies saw, the only cure is this. Well, not the only cure, but she cured herself by having positive thoughts. She says, or maybe her immune system got a boost, and uh, who knows? So okay. Who is this book terrible for? It's terrible for anybody who practices medicine mm-hmm. um, or who studies science or who um, is a victim or a, a, of society and uh, uh, or is a marginalized group member. Okay. I don't want to say victim. I don't like that. But is a is a member of a marginalized group. Thank you. Did you put anything into practice from this book? What I did put into practice— was releasing anger and poop. I, I released a lot of poop. Um, I did find that, like, understanding this as kind of like the first mm-hmm. book of this. Yeah. The first mainstream book that I see exactly why Gay Hendricks wrote what he did. Mm-hmm. I see exactly why Rhonda Byrne wrote, Burns wrote what she did in The Secret. Okay. It's all based off this and the yeah. science of mind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I see what people have written uh, uh, and I see why and knowing that this is flawed the the Rosetta Stone is flawed uh-huh so I see it and now I'm like oh it's, well it's all just flawed and nobody cared about making it right right this just sort of built off of the same yeah. shaky foundation yeah okay and do you have a homework assignment for me you did it I did it oh it was the like looking at yourself in the mirror if you wanted you could say an affirmation but I think you did it I don't I don't, I don't like forcing this on anybody because it really doesn't take into accountability any kind of intersectionalism and I, I'm not having it okay but if and anybody it, does, out it there honestly to, doesn't feel like it does any deep work like me sitting there and being like I mean I would I ask do you to do it for myself. like three days do you know what I mean yeah like, looking yourself in the mirror and like saying 
Misty, yeah. I love and oh, I would maybe say Misty, I love and accept myself. Okay. Misty, I love and accept myself. Okay, but also you don't have to. I'll try it. You know, I'll try it. Can we be done? Yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Life is abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias. Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast. Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.